0: Turn to Joshua chapter 10, and um, I apologize, I know I might sound whining sometimes, and today more so because I'm getting, I'm getting over whatever the flu that, that's been passed around. Uh, I'm getting over it now, I'm feeling much better, and I'm infect, I have infected you, so God bless you with this. Enjoy it. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I hope you don't get sick if you don't have the flu. So Joshua chapter 10, Joshua chapter 10, I'm getting my Bible out, and I want to this morning challenge you... Um, with living a life that is bigger than you I, I kind of typically do a message like this at the beginning of the year you know I talk about this a lot and in different times I try to talk to you but it, it really and as I was praying this week let me slow down a little bit as I was praying this week and I was been reminded by God why I was sent to this church I'm nobody special just this young kid from the, the, the foothills of Colorado uh, and, and, and we're blessed this church we've been here nine, over nine years But God reminded me why I'm called here. My call is to help you to grasp your God vision and to live out that God vision where you live, where you go to school, where you work, your career, whatever that is. I'm called to help you live your God vision. Amen? And so we're here. This is a great church. Great things have happened. Greater things are on their way. But I want to challenge you to start living like Joshua in your life and have a sun-stand-still prayer lifestyle. And so I want to challenge you, Joshua chapter 10, Joshua chapter 10, verses 12. Let me find it myself here. Joshua chapter 10, verse 12. It says, On on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand still over Gibeon. O O moon, over the valley of of, of Elijah. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Asher, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man sure the Lord was fighting for Israel. Let's pray. Father, today, your word has been spoken. You have said in my prayer time, you've spoken to me, you want to release some new things. This is going to be a big day, God. And so Lord, I pray that the hearts and minds of everyone in this room is ready to receive this vision. For our lives, for this church, for this community, for this nation, for the nations of the world, God. This world is in desperate need for believers to live to their God-given promise. And so speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I read a book by a pastor named Stephen Furtick, Sun Stand Still. Great. Uh, I was only going to plan on preaching one or two sermons. I might do at least three. I don't know. Uh, I've read the book. It's a great book, Sun Stand Still. I'm referring out of that. But this pastor... He refers to this, this time of Joshua. You've got to think about Joshua. Now, Joshua was over 80 years old now, okay? He was over 80 years old. He was promised. God had promised Israel that they would take the promised land. They send out spies. Remember the story? The ten spies go out. They spy the land. Joshua and Caleb come back and say, We can take the land. The other spies say, We can't take this. We can't. They infect the people. God gets, gets angry. The children of Israel have to wander in the desert. Forty years. You thought your career was long, right? You thought living in Maryland was tough. You thought living in in the D.C. area was tough. Forty years they lived in the desert. You ever been to the desert? They didn't have air conditioning. They didn't have nice, cool bottled water and iced tea. They lived in the desert for 40 years, wandering around because... The group of people did not want to take the promised land. So then God says, hey, hey, Joshua, Moses is dead. Go take the promised land. Every place you put your foot, you're going to take. They go. They cross the Jordan River. God does a miracle. They walk in dry land. They go to Jericho. The walls of Jericho fall down. They see a little bump in the road at, at the city of Ai. And so now Joshua's like, we're going to take the promised land. We're, I'm going to, I've lived 40 years in that desert. I'm over 80 years old. God has a great plan for me and my people. God has a great plan for you and your people. Amen? And so then, here's the story. So, the, so they go, and, and the, the, there's five kings that, that rise up. There are five kings and five armies. They rise up against Joshua and the children of Israel. And they say, We're, we're going we're gonna to attack Gibeon because Gibeon made peace with Israel because Gibeon realized, hey, Israel is just, they've just steamrolled everybody. We better just bow down and we better get, make it right. So they attack the city. God tells Joshua, go, take the land. They go, they start taking, they start fighting. And before they fight, God tells them, go. So they march all night. And we'll read a little bit. They march all night. They come and then they take on the five kings and their armies and they defeat them. And then Joshua's not happy that they're defeating. Him. He says, this is the promised land. This is this is a good thing, but I want the greatest thing God has. He then prays and says, oh, son, stand still. Guess what? Is that a bold prayer? That is a huge, bold, audacious prayer he prays it, and what does God do? God stops and says, oh, Pastor Stan, that's not, that's not possible, that's physically... If the sun stopped, the earth would blah, 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 blah. You know what? God can do anything, whatever He wants, because He made it. He made the sun, He made the stars, He made the earth. He set everything in order, so He can stop it. He can make everything fine. It, was, it didn't crash, and so they stopped, they defeated the armies, and then the children of Israel go and begin to take more of the promised land. And so what I want to challenge you today, and Stephen Furtick says it, and I don't have time, but he says in his book, let me just read one thing, he he quoted part of this, he says, when he wrote this book, he said, with God's help, I I, I intend to incite a riot in your mind, to trip your breakers and turn out the lights in your favorite hiding place of insecurity and fear, then flip the switch back on so that God's truth can illuminate divine destiny and, and you may have... Been, that have been lying around inside your fears. And so God wants to take you and He wants to shake the old off and say it's done. Amen? This is a new day. You know sometimes you have to reboot your computer? Some of us need our faith rebooted today. Pastor Stan wants his faith rebooted today. He wants the faith at Rockville Assembly rebooted today. He wants the faith in the church in America, in Africa, in Europe, in Asia, Latin America, and island countries, to be rebooted today. So that the church gets back to being the answer to the problems of, the, of, the, of our, our world. Amen? So the church gets back to believing in these big, bold prayers. and say, God, you can do anything if your people will pray. Amen? Come on. You see, Joshua was ready to live. He was tired of, of this, this sinful lifestyle that the, the people did. He had to wait for these people to die off. And then he exercises the bold prayer. He exercises faith. And so this morning, are you ready for the ride? Come on, are you ready? You better be ready, because here it is, number one, God, check this out, God is for you. Amen? Oh, pastor, you say this, God is for you and has a promise of purpose. Jeremiah, you know this, 29, 11 and 12, it says this, and 13, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, then I will listen to you, then you will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart. God wants to be found. Amen? Amen? During one of the worship songs, it was like, God, show me your heart. Show me who you are. God wants to show himself to you. Not just Joshua, not just Pastor Stan. You. He wants to be found by you. Amen? So God is for you. Then, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a creation by God. You weren't an afterthought. You weren't a mistake. And so the scripture says, hit the next scripture. Psalms 139. I'm not going to read it all, but it says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And then if you skip down to the bottom, verse 17, it says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Get this. God is always thinking about you. It's not, oh, I'm, I'm going to get Stan. He's such an idiot. No, it's, man, I've got great plans. And some of you have got to get over this mentality that God hates you. Because if he hated you, you would not be here today. He loves you, man. Amen? Amen. He has great purpose for you, your life, this church, this community. He's thinking about you all the time. Right? Parenthood, you're thinking about your kids all the time. You know, when you start dating someone, you're always thinking about that person every second. You know, this is bigger than that. This is an an eternal God who loves you. He's thinking about you every second. He says, I have fearfully and wonderfully made every one of you. And don't let the world tell you who you are not and who you are according to their standards. You are important in God's eyes. Amen? And so you have a plan from God. You have a purpose from God. And it's eternal and it's powerful. And see, God doesn't just use you. A lot of times we think, well, God used me. and I'm just a tool. You're not a tool. You're a masterpiece. Amen? You see, I know in the fact that it talks about that song, You Came and You Fixed Me. And I like the song because God does fix us and He he redeems us. But you're not a problem to be solved. You're not an equation that needs to be fixed. You are a masterpiece that God is going to use to change the world. Amen? You're the only you. Thank God, right? No, I mean, really. Thank God you're the only you that exists. You are the material of His art. And what you've been going through in your life... It's not just to get through so you can have a nice retirement and have Starbucks coffees and live on a golf course somewhere or on some island nation. That might be cool, but God has been using all these things and He's drawing and He's painting your life so that when He can turn you around and show you to the people around you, they'll say, wow, look what God has done. I want that. You are a masterpiece, amen? So you have purpose. You have a divine thing. And then it says, in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance. God created you to do great things. Amen? Amen. God created you to do great things in your work, in your home. Well, Pastor Stan, all I do, I work in a shop. I just cook. I just, I'm in a lab. I'm just, I just do software. That's okay because those are great things and greater things are going to happen. Amen? The second thing is this. Check this out. You will face opposition to fulfilling your purpose you will face opposition. People aren't going to like it. They're not going to like you. Just like the children of Israel, when it says that God said, okay, go take the Promised Land, they cross the Jordan River, the walls of Jericho fall, they have a little bump at Ai, and then five kings and their armies, can you imagine that? Imagine that. Imagine like living here, five states and their militias come and say, uh-uh, church, you are not going forward. We're, no, no church can go forward. And so, so five governments come and they bring their armies with them. And they say, Joshua, you're and your people, you're not welcome here. Was that opposition? You see, sometimes in this Christian church in America, we get mad when, oh my goodness, I have to find a parking spot that's two blocks away. Ugh. Oh, they didn't have my favorite coffee at Starbucks today. Ugh. You know what I'm saying? When the boss says no, or you have a, a, a person at work who can be very difficult, if you're going to fulfill God's plan, you're going to receive opposition. Sometimes bigger than what you think. And so don't give up, don't quit, don't cry, don't grow faint, amen? Don't grow weary, say, man, God has a great plan for my life, I'm not going to let anything stop it. So here it is, Joshua, in Joshua 1, 2 and 5, here's the promise from God. Here's the promise, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites, I, give you, I will give you every place you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will, be, will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the giant river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said those same words for us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Amen? You see, God has a great plan. And so Joshua said, Man, this is the plan. We're going to live it out. They knew they had to fight to possess the promise. You have to fight sometimes for the promise of God. Amen? Sometimes you have to get on the phone and you have to fight the insurance company. Sometimes you have to get on the phone and fight the government. and say, I don't owe those taxes. Or sometimes you say, Listen, the product you gave me was junk. Send me another one. Right? Sometimes you've got to go to the boss and say, Listen, boss, you promised me a raise a year ago. What's happening? Or sometimes you've got to tell your boss, Hey, listen, this company is not going the way that I want it to go. I'm going to go to another company because God's called me there. That's bold, isn't it? Sometimes you've got to stand up for what God, in fact, you've got to stand up for what God's called all the time in your life. And so in similar fashion, as Joshua's beginning to go out and conquer and take the promised land, the enemy comes and forges weapons. And you see, there's an enemy of our souls, and he does the same thing. Satan forges weapons to war against those moving ahead in Christ. In fact, then the next scripture, why is this ever there? It's there, Isaiah 54, 7. Do I have it? It says, No weapon forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is your their vindication from me declares the Lord you see the the, the god of this world satan has set up traps and weapons to destroy your life but god says in isaiah 54 says those weapons formed against you will not prosper Amen? So when the, when the false accusations at work come, or when someone steals your research, some of you, if you don't remember Rebecca Lopez, she was an awesome woman of God here. She was here doing science research. She was a PhD working at NIH. And someone had stolen her research she'd been working on for years. And they stole it and they published it in their name. And I was, I was mad for her. I was like, God, what? And he said, hey man, no weapon formed against her will prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen? This is the heritage of the servants of God. Yes, life gets rough. Sometimes you get lied to, you get manipulated, you get cheated. Things go wrong sometimes, but God still says, I am with you, you've got to keep fighting. Keep marching forward, amen? Keep marching forward and believe that God has a plan. Amen? Then Luke ten nineteen, Jesus said, I have given you authority to trample on the snake and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. You don't have to take it. Amen? When the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, don't say, oh, I guess it's, it's the will of God that I suffer. Maybe for a second, but not always. Life is tough. Yes, there's things that we do, and we, there was habits we picked up when we were young, which we never did it and all that, and you have to suffer the consequences. But there are times when, hey man, I'm living right. Why am I suffering? This is the devil. You can't blame him for everything, but you've got to have spiritual discernment to know when it is the devil. And when you're facing opposition, every step you take, I'm telling you, that's the enemy. You've got to say, in the name of Jesus, I bind you, get out of my life. Amen? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And then Luke says that, you will not defeat me because God gives me power. Amen? God will be with you. The third thing, check this out, the third thing, we don't like this in America, the third thing is divine help does not exclude human exertion. We, we, want, we want God to deliver us on, on a cruise boat of faith that we're sitting there sipping our iced tea, our, 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 our fancy imported bottled water, and we're sitting back and, and the worship team and the pastor is just fanning you. Oh, is that okay? I'm sorry, we offended you. Can we do anything else for you? Oh, we, not, can we, oh Do you want something else to eat? That is not even Spiritual. Amen? And so we think, well, when do I have to do Why is there, aren't things happening? Because sometimes you've got to get up off the couch. You've got to get up out of the pew, and you have to put some exertion. I mean, again, if you want to excel in business, if you want to excel in your career, you've got to put some work into it. Amen? And why is it any different? Why do we think we're exempt from this in the spiritual realm? Amen? You see, if Joshua had to actually physically... Can you imagine an 80-year-old man... Pulling out a sword, saying to the rest of the children of Israel, let's go. Now, he was probably a tough 80-year-old man, probably could have whooped up on the ravens last night. But he had faith. God has called, He's promised me. You have got to believe that you've got to live out this life, amen? You've got to exert some human effort. Yes, you're saved by grace, it's not by works, but God gives you purpose and you have to live it out, amen? And that's why I know I'm, I might bug some of you politically. That's why I'm so sick and tired of this the government owes me mentality. It's the, the world owes me. No one owes you nothing. I know those are proper things, but no one owes you anything. You owe it to the world to get up and do something. Amen? And this mentality is killing this nation. It's hurting churches because people come to church just to be fed and saying, what can I do to give to God? Amen? Don't let your kids fall into this foolish lifestyle. Well, my mom and dad will pay for me. The government will pay for me. The, the, no, you've got to get up and you've got to learn to pay for yourself sometime. Divine help does come, but it does not exclude human exertion. You will grow tired. You will face opposition. You will get discouraged. But here's what Galatians 6.9 says. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we what? Do not give up. Do you get tired? Sure. Do you get discouraged? Sure. Do I get tired? Do I get discouraged? Absolutely. But I hold on to the promise every time. God, you've called this. You've said this for my life. You've said this for this church. You've said this. That's why I'm still here. You've got to put up with me until God calls me on. Because I believe God has great plans for you. For this church, for this community, for this area, for this region, for this nation, for the nations of the world. We're not done yet. Don't quit, amen? You've got to exert, you've got to go forward because God will bless you if you go forward. March on, amen? Success is assured to those who will not give up. Now, let me move on to number four. Power, excuse me, prayer that stops the sun. We read Joshua chapter 10, and he was bold. Joshua makes us bold, oh son, stand still. Joshua understood failing. He understood the, the spies that, that tainted the faith of the people. He understood living in the desert. I already mentioned that. Forty years living in the desert. No Panera bread. No Chipotle. Forty years. And they probably walked around rock formations. Hey, there's that rock formation again. Kids, look at that rock formation again. You know, that's conglomerate rocks. Or that's, I mean, you know, maybe they had worked, learned well about ge- uh, you know, geology by that time. I would, they, I would think they would knew about that. Sometimes life is like that. But you've got to go on. And Joshua understood the failings. He saw that. They had to wander for 40 years and they said, That's it. We are no longer going to do that. We're going to take the promise, and God says them go. He would, not, he would not allow the faithless people or his doubts keep him from the promise of God. He faced the five kingdoms that, that stood up against them. He could have found an exit easily. Right? And you see, when you and I face opposition, we could we could find a way out. But instead, in verse 8, it says, in verse 8, he says, none of them. Will be able to stand withstand you. Instead, Joshua stood on the promise of God, and they faced the enemy. They defeated the enemy, and the sun begins to go down. And as, as I told you, Joshua said, "This isn't good enough. We've got to defeat them totally." You and I would have said, "You know what? We've been battling all day. Hey, we need a break. We need to rest, God." And and and, and you know what? In fact, we skipped breakfast and lunch. We, we've got to take a break, God. I mean, it's hot out here. We did a good job. But sometimes a good job is not good enough. And that greater thing for you, you're going to have to just keep pushing a little bit farther, praying a little bit longer, expecting God to do a great thing in your life. Amen? You see, Joshua refused to settle for good, but wanted the greater things of God. He may say, well, that's Joshua, Pastor. That sounds impossible. But God answered that prayer. Why? Because Joshua was bold enough to pray it and believe it. And God wants to stir that kind of faith in you and in I. Could God do this for us? The answer is absolutely yes. Well, why is it happening, God? Because we're not praying it. We're not believing it. We're not expecting it. We're, we're, we, we've, we've gotten into survival mode. We live in survival mode. Or I'm just going to get enough by and I'm going to retire one day and then hope my kids are fine and then I'm going to just go off into whatever land and I'll go home to be with Jesus. And that might be okay, but that's not really ultimately how God wants you to necessarily live your life. He wants you to live a life that changes people's lives. Could God answer prayers like this? Yes, He does. In fact, Luke 11, I read this in my life journal, 9 and 10, It says, say, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Do you see that? Do you hear that? Oh, Pastor. Yes! Live it. Believe it. Don't give up. Amen? God has great plans for life. Adopt this in your prayer life. God, it says, if I ask, I seek, and I knock, I knock, it will be open. You will answer me. God is waiting for our audacious prayers to be breathed out of our lips and to be bold enough to say, God, you only You can do this. He's waiting on us. You look in the Old Testament, you look in the New Testament, you look at Jesus, often, as I said last week, oftentimes He said, it will be done to you as according to your faith. It's not faith in faith, it's faith in God. He's waiting on you to make these bold prayers. Number five, so let's talk about this for a few moments. Activating audacious faith. Activating audacious faith. I talked to you about Pastor Stephen Furtick. And God had had saved Pastor Stephen Furtick when he was a teenager, about 16 years old. And so they, they he, he gets called into ministry, and he goes and he says, God calls him to plant this church in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he ta- he, he talks seven families into going with him, and their bold prayer was, in our first year, we want to see a thousand people get saved. That's a bold prayer, isn't it? You see, when a living I planted a church, our goal was to see 12 people get saved in the first year, and we reached that, a little bit beyond. I like, wow, that's a thousand people. People made fun of them. People, people criticized them. In fact, they were told, hey, Pastor Stephen, nine out of ten new churches fail before the three-year mark. Isn't that encouraging? Don't you love encouraging people? Well, that's, that's fine for you, but you know, most people don't do that. And that's when you say, that's fine for you, but I'm not most people. I'm a child of God. God has great plans for my life and your life as well. But you see, He could have just... Gave up. But now, this church at Peester, past Pastor Stephen Furtick, Pastor, he's a young guy too. On any given weekend, there's over 6,000 people in this church. And over the time that this church has been around, over 5,000 people have come to know Jesus Christ. Why? Because they were bold enough to say, God, we are not going to be happy until Charlotte knows about Jesus Christ. And I pray that that kind of prayer would happen here in our community. Amen. That we would be bold and say, God, I'm not happy until all my neighbors, my co-workers, know who Jesus is. You see, what if you and I became the main character in the sun stand still prayer? Well, that, Pat, that was Joshua. But God has the same thing for you, amen? What if you and I prayed audacious prayers? God, would He answer? The simple answer is Yes. Would you be so bold to pray big prayers? You see, God is ready. He's he's ready and waiting for us to ask bold prayers. Not just, and I get to myself, Oh God, please help me pay my bills. Let my kids have a good life. Let me have a great wife. And those are nice prayers. But when are we going to get beyond those prayers? You see, Pastor Stephen Furtick said that he had this, this life that he had planned out for himself. But God had a better plan. I'll talk about this. But you see, audacious faith is for you. You see, each of you is called to be a Joshua in your own way, in your own circumstance, in your own God-given personality. God is calling you to be audacious with His faith. Researchers, doctors, lawyers, students, scientists, software programmers, engineers, cooks, stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads, single people, married people, teens, kids, seniors, mechanics, salespeople, accountants, hairstylists, the list goes on and on and on. God is calling you to be audacious with faith. Amen? Amen? Here's how to activate this audacious faith. Alright, here's a couple things. Believe that God has no limits. You've got to believe God has no limits, right? Secondly, after that, then believe God can do anything in and through you. Believe that God can do anything in and through you. And of course, thirdly is, grasp and start living out this God-given dream. Let me talk about number six. Number six is a a page 23 vision. You see, when Pastor Stephen Furtick got saved when he was 17 Someone gave him a copy of this book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by Pastor Jim Simbola. I read this book. It's a powerful book. And he, when he read this book, he was a young man. He, when he read it, and he read page 23. And page 23 said this, I, desi- I despaired at the, at the thought of my life that my life might slip without seeing God show himself mightily on our behalf. You see, Jim Cimbala pastors Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. They're doing a powerful work there. They're, they see people come off the streets getting saved and delivered from drugs and prostitution. They are a life-giving church in their community. And he said, I didn't want to waste my life. And so this prayer impacts Pastor Stephen Furtick. And so again, Pastor Stephen Furtick, was gonna, his dream was to be a rock star. It really was. If you've ever watched anything or read any of the books, he was going to... And he's a great guitar player. I've, I've watched a video of him. He had this big dream. I'm going to be this great guitar player. I'm going to have a rock band. But God got a hold of that. And he began to put this audacious faith... And it ruined, in fact, Pastor Stephen Furtick says, this this book, this book ruined his life. He said, this prayer, this page 23 vision, it ruined his life. You see, he wasn't going to buy into the self-absorption of the American consumer mentality. Me, myself, and I. He said, no, my life now is going to be lived for greater things. A page 23 vision. And this vision moved in his life. And I'm asking... I'm asking for a, a page 23 vision to come into your life, into my life. That we will not be happy just to get the golden parachute and then retire our, our years quietly. That we will be like Joshua Kim Caleb and we will live at the, to the last day fighting for God's promises. In our lives, in our community. And God can use an 8 year old to change the world. In fact, God used King Josiah when he was 8 years old to bring a, a spiritual revival to the children of Israel and Judah. So God can act in young people and He can act in older people. He can act in all people. Amen? Here's a few things that I want to talk about that will help you grasp this vision. Is we need to, as I already mentioned in my preaching, is move from a surviving the world to change the world lifestyle. Seriously. Let's stop just getting by but let's flourish. Let's thrive. You think, well, what's, why it's so different about that church or that person's life? It's because they probably have a, not a survive mentality, but hey, we're going to overcome. We're going to overcome in our family, our lives, our, our church, our community. Let's have that kind of faith. Amen? So here, to grasp your page 23 vision, move from survival to I'm going to change the world. Then ask God, say, God, what is my page 23 vision? What is it? Some of you, God has already spoken to you that, about that. What is that one thing that, that burns and, and it's in your mind, it's in your thought? It could be research, it could be science, it could be math, it could be political science. I don't know what it is. It could be something more powerful than that or as powerful as that. But can you imagine if we started teaching our kids to stop living self-absorbed lives and say, just get through life, just get through life, and start saying, no, change life. Change the world. In fact, there's three things that I want to say in a nutshell. There's, there's a three kinds of progressions. In fact, there's first seize God's vision, activate your faith, and make your move. There's three lines on your notes. And can you pop up the first one? Do I have it? Activate your faith. You don't have to write all the words, but write this down. Is it activate your faith? The first one should be seize God's vision. Did, did I mess it up? I apologize. Somewhere you have three. I'll talk about activate your faith. Audacious faith starts when you choose to step out in a strength not your own. Pursuing God's larger purpose for your life will propel you to pray audacious sun-stand-still prayers. If your vision can be accomplished by you, then it's probably not a God-given vision. If you can fulfill the vision, let me give you just a glimpse, and I know I talked about it here at Rockville Assembly. Rockville Assembly is going to be a larger church in time. We're going to send out missionaries from this congregation. We're going to give a million dollars a year to missions. We're going to plant one church every year, at least one church a year from this congregation. That's my sun stand still prayer. And I've told you about this when I've been praying. God has given me visions of this parking lot being packed. I know some of you are already scared of me saying that. People parking in the streets, rushing in here saying, how can I be saved? Because the power of God will be so prevalent here, so present here that they are going to run to see God. That's the vision for this church. Somebody like, oh my goodness, I'm getting out of here. Don't leave. Stay with us. Believe the bigger things. Amen. Believe that God is has you as part of this. So you've got to activate your faith. Can you find find for me? Seize God's vision. Do I have it? Seize God's vision. And I apologize. One of them should be seize God's vision. If you want to see God do something impossible in your life, you need to open your heart and mind to God's vision. It's not just Pastor Stan. It's not just Joshua. It's not Pastor Stephen Furtick. It's you. God can do great things through you. Well, I'm just nobody. I'm nobody. Stop saying that. You are somebody. You are God's masterpiece. Amen? Whatever you're called to do. Seize God's vision. Activate your faith. Right? And then the last one is make your move. Do I have these? Is it stuck? Make your move. I guess I missed one. I apologize. Make your move. Make your move. So it should be seize God's vision, activate your faith, and make your move. And then after you've done the you've grasped God's vision and you've acted in your faith, make your move. And when you act boldly on God's supernatural answers, you'll find yourself in the middle of a move of God. It'll be God moving. God will orchestrate things. Great things will begin to happen in your life, in your family, in, in this church, in this community. Again, imagine if. A radical difference if we stop teaching our kids just to survive, and we started teaching them, you are going to change your world. Can you imagine how much more stable and unified the, the economic and political landscape of our world would become if our leaders believed in a just survive, from a survive mode to hey, let's change the world mode. Can you imagine if Congress and, and, and the President and, and, and the polit- political parties worked together and said, you know, we're here to change the world. We're not here to, uh, to stop each other. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if the church started believing like that? Well, the church is here just to meet me and my needs. I just need, a, I need spiritual formation. You absolutely need spiritual formation. But God has called you, along with the other believers in this world, to change the world. Our world needs the church, needs you, needs me to stand up and say, God, would you make the sun stand still? God, would you begin to change our nation, the nations of the world? You see, seizing God's vision will mean you're not going to survive anymore. You're not going to live just to have a good day. You're going to live for greater days. Sure, you're going to get knocked down. Sure, you're going to get frustrated. Sure, you're going to grow tired. I mean, I can't imagine Joshua and Caleb... Forty years in the desert, over eighty years old. And they still said, Let's take it. Let's go, God. Abraham and Sarah, over ninety years old, and God says, You're gonna have a kid. Wow. If he can do that there, he can do it in us. Some of you are like, Oh, I don't want a kid now, oh, no way. Maybe a spiritual kid. Maybe a spiritual birth. Maybe a spiritual awakening in your life, in your family, in your singleness, in your career. Maybe you're, maybe God has you... You're going you're gonna to find the answer to cure cancer or AIDS. Maybe you're going to be the one that brokers peace in this political mess that we're living in. Maybe you're going to have some new... some kind of a new thing that's going to change the world. Maybe it's you pouring your life into people's lives. Don't discount what God is doing in your life. Don't think what you're doing is not important. It is very important. But... Begin to believe and say, God, I want to begin to have these bold, sun-stand-still prayers for my life, for my family, for my community, for my church, for the nation, for the nations of the world. Amen? You see, without a page 23 vision, the people perish. Without a vision, you will perish. Will you believe God? Would you stand with me this morning? Will you believe God? Would you begin to seize your God-given vision? You you say, Pastor, I'm not Joshua. That's right, but you have a personal birthright from God to believe in this God-given mission for your life. Your life counts. He saved you. He's called you. He set you apart. You are a masterpiece for Him. Amen? So I don't want you to leave yet. Turn off your cell phone. In fact, throw that thing down. No, don't do that. Turn it off to quiet. I want you to be prepared for God to pour something new into your life. Amen? I want you to be ready to say, God, I want what you want. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads and just say, God, I want what you want. Come on. Come on, say it out loud. God, I want what you want for my life. God, your plan is bigger than anything I can imagine. Come on, say it. God, your plan is bigger than anything I imagine. And I receive it. Give me. Bold faith in your plan for my life, for my community, for my workplace, for my school, for my church, for this nation, for the nations of the world, in Jesus' name. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want to say, Pastor, I want God's thing to happen in my life. I want you to come down to the front Say, I want this bold prayer. I want this vision God gave. I want you to come on down. Come on. Don't waste any time. Just say, I want God's sun-stand-still purpose to be revealed in my life. Maybe God's never revealed it to you. Come on down. Or you say, Pastor Dan, I know what it is, but I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm discouraged. I want you to come down. I want you to come down. So you know what, Pastor Dan? Our church needs a move of God. Then I want you to come down. This, this nation needs a move of God. I want you to come on down. Come on. Come on. God has bigger things for you. Say, well, I want those bigger things. Come down. Come on down. Don't miss what God wants to do right now. I told you this is a big day. This is the beginning of God pouring seeds of faith into your life. Come on. Bigger things than than what you're facing right now. Come on. You want those big things. Come on down. Don't miss out on this. Come on down. Come on down. Follow God. Believe God. Come on, God. Do your thing right now. Holy Spirit. Come on. Spirit of God. We believe. Come on down. Hear from God today. Hear from God today. Receive that purpose, that promise from God. Come on down. into us, God. Holy fire. Come on down. Burn it into our hearts. Burn it into our souls. Burn it into our lives, God. Do it, God. Do it in the name of Jesus. Do it, Father God. Do that thing you're going to do right now, God, for your glory, for your purposes. That you will be exalted, God. Come on, God. Do it. Do it, Lord. Do it. Do it. That sun stands still faith, God. Put into us, God. Do it, God. Do it, Father God. Do it, Lord Jesus. Send the fire. Do it, Lord. We want you to have it. We want more of you, God. We don't have enough of you. We need more of you, God. Come on, call on Him right now. Begin to say, Do you want more of Him. Call on Him. He will answer. He will find you. He will reveal Himself to you. Do it, Father God. I'm going to read this to you. And I pray Holy Spirit gets us. This is out of the book. Fresh wind, fresh fire by Pastor Tim Zim. I'm going to read page 23. Here's that sentence that changed Stephen Ferguson. I pray that it changes your life and my life. I despaired at the thought that my life might slip by without seeing God show himself mightily on our behalf. Father God, I pray that we would not be settled for just survival mode in this world, God. That this sun stand still faith would begin to erupt in every man, every woman, every teenager, every child in this building, God. That we would not just settle for this life. This life really has nothing for us, God. This world gives nothing compared to what you can do. And so, Lord, move up in the hearts and minds of our, our young kids and our children's church, our teenagers in this room. Let them not just want to just go to college and have a good job. That's awesome. But while they're there, let them impact the lives of their coworkers and their students. And, and I pray that when they get to careers, their life world changes, God. Whether they go in the military, whether they work on cars, or they, they're in a science, whatever they do, that they're changing the world in the name of Jesus. And for some of us that are in our careers and we're established, God, let us not just be satisfied with that. But Lord, let us not allow that just to be what we want. But Lord, we want more. More for you. Our families knowing you. Our kids, our grandkids, our our co-workers, our neighbors. The nations of the world to know you, God. We have to have more of you, God. Maybe some of us when they're retired, God, they're not retired until you call them home, God. That they will have a Joshua vision. That everyone in this room would have a Joshua vision. That we will despair. That we will not want to waste our life anymore, God. And so, Lord, dry bones. Come to life. Some of you are dry. You're weary. I know. God told me. You're weary. Let God breathe life into you right now. Receive the life of God. Receive the Rauch or the Numa, as it says in the New Testament, the Old Testament. Receive the breath of God is what that means. Receive the breath Let God put in the new flesh, the new muscles, the new tendons. Then stand up and let Him resurrect your life today, right now. Up until this moment, your life could have been horrible, but from this second on, now is a new life. All things are made new in Christ Jesus. So we receive the new things, God. Lord, I speak forth the boldness. I speak forth the bold prayers, the bold faith, the audacious faith to believe in bigger things than what we're seeing in our lives and in this nation, God. I speak it forth in the lives of every person in this room. Bigger things than we've ever seen. Bigger things than we've ever expected, God. You're going to start pulling strings, God. You're going to start doing the miraculous in lives, God, so that you will receive glory, God. And when the opposition comes, we're going to say, stand back in the name of Jesus. Stand back in the name of Jesus. Come on, God. Do your thing right now. Pour out your spirit right now. Refresh. Renew in the name of Jesus. Do your work, God. Come on, church. Call on Him right now. Call on Him. Do it, Lord God. Do it. We want more of you, God. Send the fire. We We want more of you, God. We want more of you, God. you God more of you God new wine new wine for new wine skins, God this is a new year this is a new day Lord speak Lord to these dry bones resurrect today marriages broken relationships broken careers, broken dreams God broken calls to the work of God Believe you can do anything, God. Change the world, 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 God. God. Man, friends, my my spirit is going to explode. I don't want to get you emotionally excited. I want God to do that. But I am telling you, I'm looking at a, a bunch of world changers for God. In homes, in schools, in neighborhoods, in, in communities, in workplaces. You've con- got to believe for it. Amen? Amen. Don't give up on God. Amen? Amen? Don't give up on what God's called you. Don't give up on this church. Don't give up on what God is going to do in your family, in your singleness, in your marriage, in your life, in your body. He is waiting on you to start speaking these bold prayers. Let me tell you how to make it happen, okay? Here's how to, how to make bold prayers happen. Thank Him for the small miracles that He's been doing in your life every day. Every day there's some miracles happening. Thank Him for those. And then begin to start stepping out and say, God, I thank You for those, but I want to believe for more for Your glory. Not just for you. Yes, God can meet your needs. God can pay your bills. God can heal your bodies. He wants to do those things. But He wants to do bigger than that. He wants to save your family, your co-workers. You're in a, can you imagine students... If your whole university or if your whole high school, your whole middle school got saved and they started living for Jesus instead of living for everything else? Can you imagine, man and woman, that your whole family got saved? Your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, your parents? Can you imagine if your shop, your lab, your workplace got saved? Can you imagine if all the government of every world got saved? Oh, it's never going to happen. Yes, it can. Can you imagine if God put out His Spirit in this country again? In your country, your home country, in this church. I am hyped up on the Holy Spirit, friends. And I'm standing on what He gave me this week. Forget the former things. you got to forget whatever happened in your life in the past. This is a new day, amen? amen. And I'm speaking over you. I'm speaking over you this Ezekiel 37 prayer. Dry bones come to life. Hope you don't get tired of that because I'm going to keep praying that for your life. I I saw this and it was hard because I know I don't want you to sound weird. I haven't drank Mountain Dew for ages and I didn't have weird pizza last night. But when we were worshiping and then we were praying, again, I saw this. It was like a hot blue flame. Maybe it was the power of God and it was coming up from a rock that was hard and just hot. And the rock began to climb above everything else. And I'm not sure if it was a sword, if it was a cross, if it was a hand. I can't quite grasp it, but it stood out and it stood up. And I don't know what the rest of what that's going to mean, but God is waiting for the church to be that hot fire.